0: Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Bean, and I'm joined by Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today, we're going to be discussing events, events that you have at your school, events that you could have at your school, and really events that we have at our school, um, how we interact with them, how we set them up, some different tactics that we may use to perhaps advertise or to talk about, promote those um, but really, the the takeaway from today, I I think would be just the different ideas of events um, that you could potentially be doing at your school. Also, on top of that, if we miss an event, if you know if, if our list uh, doesn't include something that you think is like a foundational event to you you and your school, let us know. Reach out to us, and and I'd be interested to hear you know what event we missed out on. Um so events having events for your school are are beneficial for obviously a couple of different ways. Number 1 they're beneficial because those events are community time for you and your students. You get to interact with them, they get to interact with each other. And and they're not necessarily in a classroom type setting where they're um focused on or or worried about learning a new move, but they're just sort of h- hanging out having fun whether that's at a Christmas party or at a buddy bash or something like that. They're just there to to be around each other and to spend time with each other. It's, it's a full-on community event. Now, the list of, of events that I'm going to go through uh, could be paid, like, meaning your your clients pay for that event. It could also be free events. Some of them, as I'm going to go through, are what, we, what I would consider our free events, meaning we don't charge our clients for them. Some of them we do charge for them. And This is a rough outline of how we do it. Sometimes, you know, maybe it's a two-hour event. Maybe you wanted to do an hour event. Okay, fine. You know, you get to to pick and choose. Obviously, you know, do with what you want with that. What we do is what we do. It's worked for us. Um, And now, you know, maybe this will tell you where we're at. We're, We're on the backside of COVID. So for the past, you know, during COVID time, we haven't done a lot of events. So now we're starting to get back into those, which is great because I feel like that community aspect where the students get to interact with each other, we get to see them interact with them kind of outside of a classroom setting now is, is hugely beneficial. And now that we're finally on the backside of COVID, and hopefully it stays that way, fingers crossed. But... Now that we're there, we get to go back to doing these events and have that community time with our students. Now, as you are talking about and thinking about these events, a, an idea that you can do is to have an event every month. And these could be stapled events, meaning every October you do this event, every January you do this event. But you can have a list of events. You pick and choose and, and, and divide them up. Maybe you do two events a year. Maybe maybe you don't do 12 events. Maybe that's too much for you. Okay, fine. Um, but have some sort of reoccurring, at, at, I would say, at least two times per year. You know, two times per year would be great because then, again, that gets your, your students to interact with each other. It kind of makes them, uh, allows them to see that it's more than just their class, right? It's, it's. oh man, I didn't know you do karate here too. Yeah. Wow. They get to interact with those people they don't normally see on an everyday basis because they're not in their class with them. So events are huge. Uh, on top of that, of course, there's a the monetary benefit to it. You have an event, you can pay your staff X amount of dollars. You have 30 people sign up and it, maybe they pay $25. Okay. You can imagine you, you, you know, you can help to maybe pay the bills that month, you know, however, however you want to interact with that. But it's not all just about making the money. It's 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 about the students and having them interact with each other and having that time, to to really interact with them outside of a classroom setting.
1: Uh, you know, not only for the, the the small little paycheck you can take away from that, having them pay for the event, or if it's even if it's not paid. Again, I think a deeper meaning or deeper reason to having those events, like Mr. Bean said, is to deepen your community and deepen the culture of your studio so people will come in and see people they don't normally uh, see on their night or in their class they realize that they're you know the studio is bigger than just them or bigger than just the 20 people that they normally see twice a week or whenever it is not only to deepen that connection between the students but that's an extra x amount of time that you have with the students in kind of a different environment because some of these events might be a lot more laid back your class time is you know in class we have things to get done there's a structure and there's the the martial uh quote-unquote law of the martial arts in those class times and now here's your event where you get to you know hang out and have fun for an hour or so of course there is structure and there's is order to keep things running smoothly and to keep everyone safe but Outside of class is an extra time for you as instructor to connect with those students as well or for your staff to connect with each other or for your staff to connect with the parents. And it's just a huge community boost having different events here and there that are going to not only benefit you in some monetary ways if you choose to charge for it, but also it's going to boost and strengthen the community and the connection of your students and your staff within your school.
0: And so what we'll do is I'm going to go through each of the events that we do, or, or at least the majority of the events we do, and then we'll do, give a, a brief explanation of how that event kind of runs, different things that we do, and then we'll move on to the next one. And what I'll do is I'll put into the, um, to the episode description a list of those events, uh, kind of without the description, but just as a list of the events that we, you can kind of use that as a, as a guideline to, to what we're talking about. Um, but board-breaking seminar that would be one of them and, and we do board breaking seminar one time per year and i think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago but we close for the for christmas break christmas and new year's the last friday that we're open we do board breaking seminar it's a staple every year we do that and at this event we have the students come in and they're divided up into their classes so beginners and then intermediate and advanced and then black belts um each have their own class they do two hand techniques and then they do one foot technique. And with that, they get to spend a little bit of time practicing the technique in the air. They practice it on the pads. They practice it on, a, on a, pra- a, a practice board, a rebreakable board. Then they move to the next technique. Same thing, in the air, on the pads, on the rebreakable board. Okay, next one. Then, after everybody's had time to practice those moves, we come all together. All together. Everybody's sitting down, and we have the different staff members in different locations around the room. One person's up, they get an opportunity to break that board. Everybody gets the watch and cheer them on. Boom, they break it. Okay, then we go to the next person. Now, mind you, while this is going on, we're taking snapshots, images, pictures as they're breaking that board. And on top of that, we live stream it to our Facebook page so that if they wanted to have grandma or grandpa that's in California or, or whoever, wherever, watch it. They can log in. Boom, they can see their, their you know, their friend or family member break the board because that's kind of a cool event. So we have each individual person gets a, access to the images that they broke, the, you know, the, the, of the boards that they broke. And then we live stream it as well, not to mention everybody is all together to witness and watch and cheer on their, their teammates, their students, their, their, their peers as they're breaking those boards, which again brings into the community aspect of that. Do you have any anything to add to that one?
1: Yes, sir. I mean, who doesn't love to, to break a board? You know, it's a, a usually a sold out event. We can we can guarantee it's going to be sold out because again, we do it once a year. And if you think about it, you know, someone going from white belt to black belt in our program is roughly four years. So in the entire time that you're there from white belt to black belt, just using that as a frame of reference, um, you have four chances to do this. And so let's say you started training in January. Well, you'll almost be a whole year in before you do the board breaking. Let's say you started training in November. Well, you're a month in. You can still come and do that board breaking event. So, you know, it's, it's a cool opportunity to give them a chance to break real actual boards and get their picture taken and live stream it. And like Mr. Bean said, have the community of everybody being there. And it was really cool this past year we did it um, because I have a separate location that I'm usually in teaching and we have a location here, the main location. And I was able to bring uh, students from my location to this location that they've never been to before to meet instructors they've never met before and be part of this event. So it was cool to be able for them to, to come and see what happens here. So that kind of plays into that community building uh, kind of experience and kind of the community building to, for, for, you know, a separate location to see that there is a bigger picture or a different area, you know, somewhere else. And just, it was just really cool to have that that kind of a experience bringing someone from somewhere else. So if that is kind of how you're set up where you're not only just one school, you know, you could either run this at each school individually, or if you're close enough in proximity, it makes sense. Have the event at one school and bring people to that one place for that event and just to be a part of that. So I think our our board breaking seminar is one of my favorite things to do, not to mention it's really fast paced and high energy. The whole thing lasts like two hours and we do, I mean, one whole hour of it basically is them breaking the boards. So we have, we have time to practice and train and set everything up. And then that whole experience of breaking everything, having the live stream, having the the cameras, people are cheering, people are clapping, being able to see, you know, maybe as a white belt, here's a black belt doing this more advanced break or this, this harder technique and be able to see them and kind of, you know, experience that sense of awe of like, man, look at that black belt doing that really cool technique, breaking that board. Now, I also got to break a board with the technique too, but there's, it gives them something else to look forward to as well. So I think there's a lot of layers involved in this seminar and sometimes that we don't even realize how beneficial and how cool for lack of a better word that that kind of seminar is. But, you know, I can guarantee this is something you should probably charge for because you got to buy the wood and you got to pay for the staff to be there. And it's a bigger event, but you know, it's a guaranteed sold out event once a year. Here's your one chance come break these boards. Like I said, who doesn't want to break a board? That's, that's a good part or, or you know, uh, a fun part of martial arts. So, uh, you know, uh, as far as the events go, I think this one's definitely at the top of the list of things that we, we do here at our studio.
0: Yeah. And, you know, on, on the off chance or maybe on the on the standard chance that you have somebody that doesn't break the board, you know, you you set up a time, a one-on-one lesson with them, get them to work on the technique a little bit more tweak their whatever it is and then give them another chance and then as that's there as that's happening have the you know the person the, another staff member there, taking the picture ready to go for that so that they still get access to that and and again the the wonderful thing about that is one okay the community is all there they get the picture of it they get to have it live streamed so grandma and grandpa can watch it or, or you know however they want that on top of that they get the board they're, that's their board. Like, oh man, this is the first board that I broke, and they can sign it and write the date or something on it. That's really um, a, a in-depth kind of kind of process that I think really is is fun. And like like you said, there's there definitely some layers to that, that that build that out to be more than just okay, let's come and break some boards. Um, yeah. So again, if you don't do a board breaking seminar, I definitely would recommend that. And if you do them multiple times a year and you're not having the turnout that you quite like, make it one time per year. I think we do 50 people uh, for that, and, and like you said, we, we fill up when, within a week or so. It's, it's sold out, and after those 50 people, we really can't take anymore because that's, that's, our, that's where we're at. I mean, that's, that's pretty well maxed, and like I said, it's a two-hour event. We do an hour of you know working and, and tweaking and learning how to do the move, and then almost a whole hour of it is breaking. And the more people you have that's breaking, the longer that process takes. And so, again, something something definitely to think about, board breaking seminar, um, definitely at the top of the list, yes.
1: And, you know, those numbers and those times are definitely flexible. You can have less people or have more time, depending on what you can staff and what you can handle. Of course, I don't know how many times we've done this. We've done it a bunch of times. So, you know, that yeah, that two hour, you know, that two hour window is something that we've refined and pretty much gotten down to a a science because we've done it so much and we want it to be as efficient as possible. So, you know, you might do it once and only have 25 people and still take two hours, or, you know, you have 50 people and you take three hours, whatever it is. Again, these numbers are just flexible and it'll depend on how you run it. And if you choose to run it, like I said, we just, we've done it a lot and we know, Okay, this is what's going to happen. This is how we do it. Here's what this person does at this time. We, just, we know it works because we've done it a lot. So, you know, it's a, again, anything we talk about today is just the way we do it and the way that it works for us best. But, you know, feel free to play around with it. And even if you have different uh, modify modifications or uh, changes to make, let us know because it might benefit us as well if you, if you end up trying these events.
0: So moving on to the next event is the Parents' Night Out. Parents' Night Out. Um, is kind of like a, a, a daycare almost service where the parents get to drop the kids off you know we spend two between two and four hours depending on the time of year or depending on the event um, and the parents get to have a night out and there's a couple I, I would believe key times of the year to do this I'll talk about it in just a second but basically for this event, you know, you have the the students, the kids come in, you have games kind of scheduled out. Okay, we're going to do this for this long, this for this long. And depending on how long it is, if you do two hours, you just do the games, maybe you do like a water break or some snacks, and then you do some more games, then they're gone. If you do four hours, you do games or so for two hours, and maybe a water break in there, you know, kind of in between there, then you do like you order pizza, and you have a pizza, party basically you know in like at the halfway point or so and then you do a little bit more of the of the games and stuff really that's just about scheduling it and and, and kind of playing with how, you know we're gonna do this for this long and this and I say games if you didn't want to do games you could do training moves or, or something like that just have to make sure that it would work for whatever level those students are at meaning whatever age level they're at or whatever Uh, Belt level they're at depending Um, so we do we essentially just do games for that time and I again the time of the year I think is really key to Having good turnouts for this around Valentine's Day great time Uh, Right after Thanksgiving another great time and I know it seems soon after that but towards the beginning of November or sorry, uh, towards the beginning of December would be another good time, uh, just for Christmas coming up. And there might be, you know, another, uh, time throughout the year that you would do, um, a parent's night out. But it's again, you just advertise that as a, Hey, parents, drop your kids off here. We'll spend some time with them. You guys can go have dinner, you know, have a date night and then come back and pick up the kids. And they're, you know, they had a good time. You had a good time. Okay, great. And this, again, I, we would do a, a paid event for this one. Maybe it's 20 bucks a kid or something like that. Um, Lots of you know because of the of the time of year that we kind of schedule these good turnouts, good turnouts, and you may have to tweak and modify the time of year that you do to to work with wherever you are, um, but again, right after Thanksgiving, maybe again towards the beginning of of December, and then around Valentine's Day are really I think key times um, that parents would be willing or, or or accepting or want or or need almost that time
1: right and you know paid or unpaid it's still a good a good uh event for you to run to not only bring the students together but for you to spend time with your staff to, for the staff to spend time with the students together but then it gives those parents a chance to you know take a a few hours off and as mr bean was saying you can kind of play with the times in my opinion the longer the better if you you know you're framing it as a date night well here's two hours to yourself okay that's that's great awesome two hours alone but then you say oh Well, here's four hours alone. That's even more enticing. And of course, if you're going to do a longer one and you are choosing to feed the people that show up there, you're probably going to want to charge for it. And that way, not only can you cover the cost of the staff being there, but then you cover the cost of the food. You have to account for that as well. But again, you know, depending on how you do it or when you do it, or if you do it, you know, we mentioned earlier, maybe doing an event once a month. Maybe you don't do any of the other events we're going to talk about and you only do the night out. Still keeping that consistent. Maybe it's the third week you know, of every month or the, the second week of every month or whatever. And just having that scheduled and consistent helps, you know, as a, if a parent wants to plan. Okay. I know that every second Friday of the month, they have an event. I'm going to pay $20, which is inco, inco, inconsequential, $20 for four hours of supervision. You know, you can do whatever you want. That's great price in my opinion. But anyways, they can plan for that and they can know that, okay, hey, I'm going to call my husband, call my wife. Here is what we're going to do on this day because I know this is going to happen easier to make plans. And, of course, you could do this at any point in time. And we didn't mention this about the board-breaking seminar either, but we always do those on Friday nights. Um, It's a Friday night. People are more likely to stay up longer and actually get things done because the weekend's coming. So, you know, we do these parents' night out on a Friday night. They might be more likely to let their kids stay up a little bit later. So if you start your event at 4 – or, sorry, you start the event at 7 p.m., it goes for four hours – that makes for a late night, but you know it, it's Friday. They get to go out and spend a night together, and then the kids can always sleep in the next day, or you know X Y Z whatever it is. So, not only time of year is important for framing it, but also the time of the week or time of the month might be uh, important to consider. You could you could run the event on a Tuesday or something, but I'm sure your turnout's going to be very low because people probably have school the next day, or they have other things going on. If parents got to get to work or something. So again, we just usually tend to run these events well. I think most of the events we're going to talk about, we tend to run them either on Friday nights or over the weekend when we don't have anything else really going on. So you just consider those things when you are trying to plan these events out, the time and then the duration and the cost that it's going to be to you to actually run that event.
0: So moving on to the next one is an entire month. And this is national martial arts appreciation month. And as a martial artist, you might be surprised to hear that that is a, Uh, that that is something. Maybe you haven't heard of that before, National Martial Arts Appreciation Month. Um, And and my answer to that as to why you haven't heard of that before is because I made that up. That's a completely made-up, fabricated, um, month-long event. And what is it? Well, National Martial Arts Appreciation Month is the month that we here choose to celebrate the martial arts. And as such, at the end of the month, so during the month, we uh, you know we talk talk it up, let the students know. Hey, listen, at the end of the month, you're going to get to bring some friends to class with you to do class and, and train right alongside you. In fact, you even get an opportunity to teach them some of your moves. And unlike normal, let's say they're black belts. Unlike normally, if you're a black belt, your friend isn't going to start in the white belt class on that day, and in fact, on that entire week, they're going to be in your class doing your moves right with you. And so. This is a free event. Again, we talk it up the whole the whole month. Talk about you know martial arts and how it's beneficial and, and you know all these things that the martial arts can do f- and, and has done. And then at the end of the month, we give them an opportunity to bring a friend. Their friend registers for the for the event, quote unquote event, the, the class. They come in, they get to partake in the class just like everybody else does. In that class, we do kind of a review. Um, you know, if if for whatever reason they don't have a friend there, they still get to. Work on their moves, grow and, and, and increase their skill level. If they have a friend there, then they get an opportunity to try to teach their friend some of their moves. And we select out, okay, I want you to teach them their, you know, your hand techniques. Okay, great, all right. Then on the next time, okay, let's teach them your foot techniques. Let's do some self defense or something like that. Maybe do a fun game towards the, excuse me, towards the end of the class, and and that's it, right? And so that's a, a, a essentially a free way to generate leads. Those people are registering for your, for your program, for your class. You know, you get 30, 50, hundred, you know, however many people uh, invite friends. Those are your leads. And you, you didn't, essentially, you didn't have to pay for those leads. They just, because it's Mar- National Martial Arts Appreciation Month, they brought a friend. Okay, great. There you go. Um, this is a, a kind of a fun outside the box type of, of thing to do just because it, is, is outside the box. I mean, it's something different. I mean, I don't know how often you guys have um, bring a friend to class day. I, I mean, we have not done it until this, till this event. And for us, I don't think I said this, but for us, we celebrate that during the month of September. Um, so if you wanted to jump on and celebrate National Martial Arts Appreciation Month with us, next year in September, you can talk it up, celebrate National Martial Arts Appreciation Month, um, I'm sure we can add a hashtag or, or develop some sort of, is there a hashtag can do? What do you do with hashtags? I don't know much about social media, so I don't. I think you just started. Oh, you just started. People it.
1: join on, I, I never started a hashtag he before.
0: He doesn't know either. That's okay. All right. So if, um, if you wanted to do hashtag national martial arts appreciation month, maybe we do N M A A M that's, is that a, is that too?
1: <laughs> I think that's better than national martial arts appreciation. Month. That's a mouthful.
0: N-M-A-A-M. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll workshop that. But um, anyways, in, in September, again, National Martial Arts Appreciation Month. And I'm sure you can come up with some different creative things to do during that time. Maybe you have a, a, a Buddy Bash. A Buddy Bash is an event that we're going to be talking about, uh, in fact, next. In September, during National Martial Arts Appreciation Month, perhaps you do a Buddy Bash. And Buddy Bash would be, again, on a Friday night. Okay, students. Hey, it's National martial arts, martial arts Appreciation Month. So, as such, we're going to do a buddy bash for that. You get to bring a friend on a Friday night for two hours. We'll hang out. We're going to have some have some uh, you know have some fun. We're going to play some games. Doesn't cost anything. So you just bring a friend with you, and and that that's that's the payment. You can't come by yourself. You have to have a friend that doesn't do karate to come with you. We want to celebrate the martial arts. So, as such. Give you an opportunity to invite a friend to come here and 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 do class and and hang out with you during that time and during that during the buddy bash again free doesn't cost anything it's two hours they get to bring a friend doesn't cost anything but you as the as the as the owner as the operator of the school you get the leads and those leads of course you can turn into to to new students new clients that you can again grow and and, and help them improve with.
1: The, the appreciation the month of September and being a martial arts appreciation month can be to benefit you and to bring leads in and to bring you more business. but also I, I would encourage you to, to find ways to deepen your current students well appreciation for the martial arts. So maybe you know you talk a little bit about this aspect of martial arts or if you wanted to try to do like a, a deep dive into some of the history of your specific style and just kind of deepen their, appreciation and their love and their passion for the martial arts and you know I know we had a previous episode talking about burnout and preventing burnout this could be used as a tool to help to prevent that or to pull someone out of that 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 rut or that slump by having maybe extra activities or like I said diving into some of the history or or trying to reignite the passion and learn more about what you're actually doing and not just treating martial arts as your sport that you do twice a week at this time after school or whatever, but try to incorporate that more into becoming a martial artist and making it your lifestyle. You know, here's how I live my life because of this thing and I live my life this way because I am this person. I am this martial artist. So yes, it's beneficial for you on a business perspective, but push even further and make it beneficial for your current students and really try to get them bought in and, you know, uh, fully engrossed in martial arts as a lifestyle, as I think that's that's beneficial for us in our training, um, as you know, martial artists, not just people who do martial arts.
0: And you know, maybe you take that opportunity to you know each week of the month, or, or depending on how how it works for you, but you you highlight one of your staff members, and they get to talk about how martial arts has has helped improve and and, and help them be the person they are now. And, and, you know, again, depending on, on how many staff members you have, maybe it's a couple times a week, maybe it's only one time a week, or, or, or maybe you just you, you share your story, uh, you know, at the beginning of the month, and then you have your your clients, you know, give you emails or, or somehow, somehow give you some feedback on, on how martial arts has helped them. And then you can use that as, as the owner, as the teacher, as the um, opportunity to remotivate yourself because of the impact that you've had on your clients, on your students. And so that would be a, almost a doubling down effect for the appreciation. You get to share your appreciation. They share appreciation. And then on top of that, you get to have that as a, as a motivational factor to help you to improve and grow and, and, and to be even better than who you are now as the teacher because of the impact that you've had on your students. So next one is an extreme obstacle course. Extreme obstacle course, we normally do this on a, like a Saturday, Saturday morning. We schedule out a couple of different times based on their ages. We set up an obstacle course, you know, like a, like a, what is it, was it, a uh, ninja? American Ninja Warrior. Like American Ninja Warrior. Obviously not that maybe advanced or, or uh, involved, but you set up an obstacle course, okay? You got the, you know, the little guys, you know, however, what's the longest, the youngest that you, um, that you offer your your classes for have them go first okay right maybe you have two two rounds of them guys go through okay you do like a race okay put the put up the um, the leaderboard to see who's you know who finished in the best time for that age range okay then you move to the next you know uh, age range of classes you have so for us we do like uh, four-year-olds and we do five and six year olds and then we do seven and up and maybe seven and up has a couple different um, classes or variation not cla- not uh, variations classes, um, age range, age levels. Yeah. yeah sure. Age ranges yeah. or, or levels in there so that you can have the leaderboard and it kind of, you know, makes sense. And it's not like a, a seven-year-old versus a 15 year old, because that's, you know, that's not quite fair. Uh, but, and, and along with that, you would have to modify your course because the course that the, that the four-year-old can go through would need to be vastly different than the course that the 15 year old could go through that way. It's, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's exciting for them. And maybe this is, you know, partly you do inside your school. And then maybe there's a section they got to do outside your school, get creative with it, you know, build it up, make it, make it something fun. And it's a free event. And, and with this free event, you have your, your clients can come to it. You post it up on Facebook. You have, you know, quote unquote outsiders that can come in and do it. People that are not your current students. And again, that that's an opportunity for you to generate some leads, they come in. They remember. Oh yeah, hey, that was really fun. We did that obstacle course thing. Yeah, that was. We've never done something like that before. Yeah, and that's a memorable experience for them. That's something fun. Something fun. And maybe, maybe you take one Saturday out of the year. You spend, you know, three or four hours, you know, at your at your school taking care of that. You get to have those, in, you know, those individuals come across. They have fun. Maybe you have a donation or something, or just leave it as free. Just leave it as free. It's fun. It's a fun event. Fun event. And then you have the leaderboard. Leaderboard. Maybe if you if you do open it up to people who are not your students, you post it up on your Facebook. Okay, boom. Here's the leads. You know the the, the leaders of the leaderboard, and you give them, you know, uh, you know, a, a nominal, you know, trophy or, or, or accolades for for winning or something like that. Um, maybe if they're not a student for you, you could say, Hey, you know, you've since you did the best in, in the in the score in your division, you get you know one month free training. Cool, cool. Something something fun something fun and maybe it's not just about just doing the prize it's about doing that kind of fun different event which is which is, uh, it's, is fun in itself fun in itself you anything for that one
1: no I, you pretty much covered it I, it's probably one of my other favorite events on top of the war-breaking one it's just unique you know and even so in some of the obstacles we add in you know some martial arts moves so maybe one of the obstacles is you know climb over this pad and then do 10 front kicks or whatever a couple punches in it so it's not super martial arts heavy but does you know work on those skills of the athleticism and the focus and the balance and coordination you can throw some moves in there too and you know typically I feel like this is a more younger student heavy kind of event you're going to have more four-year-olds or maybe five or six-year-olds come and do the event unless you can't cater it or uh, adjust it for older students as well but In my opinion, I think the younger kids tend to have more fun with it and that, you know, maybe even just marketing it as a four through six year old event or whatever you have you, you know, might be one way to go about it, too. But, yeah, I just I like this
0: event. Again, you know, if you made it a four through six year old uh, type of event, your obstacles would not have to get so extreme or, or outlandish or, you know, something like that. You could keep it a little bit more, you know, manageable as far as that goes. Um. Okay, so moving on to the next event, we have Nerf Wars. Nerf Wars, um, uh, pretty self-explanatory. You get some Nerf guns. And, and as far as the Nerf gun selection would go, um, I would pick the most basic, easiest-to-operate Nerf gun for a couple of reasons. Number one, then you can have it for a wide range of ages, meaning it doesn't have to be you know a seven- or eight-year-old that can actually operate and, and understand how to use it. Maybe it's even older than that, that would understand how to use it. You make it just the most basic nerf gun that they have and you buy 20 of them or something like that On top of that staying away from the ones that have the like a clip type one uh, Especially with like the long type darts just because the clips tend to smash The bullets down and once the bullets get smashed then they get jammed. They don't they don't it doesn't work as good Um, so having just a basic we have the the rotary type one where you got to push the push the dart in each one of them and then you shoot and you get six or so shots and you got to reload it. That seems to be the bet We've went through a couple of different variations, but that seems to be the best one, at least for us. And I think we have 20 or 25 of them or something like that. And on top of that with the darts, um, eventually it seems like the gun is wearing out. Like the gun isn't shooting as good as it, as it sometimes but it does. And every once in a while it has a good shot and then it has, it just drops down. That's not the gun. That's the dart. So swapping out the darts every, you know, couple events or something like that, I think would be key to making sure the guns work properly because uh, it's nothing worse than go into an event like that and get your Nerf gun, boom, and it just it drops out. You can't shoot anybody because the, the gun isn't working really. It isn't even the gun. The darts are just old. And so they do have, a you know, an expiration date, a, a number of shot, whatever. Um, but just realize that that's part of that. Now, as far as like, the event goes, we are. Have one of our rooms in our school that we put up kind of walls and dividers around and we start, you know, maybe there's two or there's a team of two on one side, there's a team of two on, on the other side and they do a what do they call it, team death match or something like that, where they kind of move around the walls and they try to find the other teammates and get them or you maybe have some sort of a mission where there's, you know, a, a VIP where they got to escort somebody through this maze of obstacles and then get them to the safety or to the helicopter or something. Uh, maybe you have where you have, you know, um, a object that they have to get, you know, that's X number of feet or whatever out onto the, onto the enemy side. They got to get it and bring it back to safety on their own side to complete the mission. Um, you, you can get creative, you know, play some video games or, or research different combative video games that have those type of, of uh, factors in there and just mimic those things. Nerf, nerf events are always fun and I would say most of the time plan for multiple weeks of that and so what that means is if you if we only offer one Friday that we do a nerf event and it's a two-hour event it's sold out within you know a handful of minutes and so then we have another one the following week and sometimes another one even the week after that just so that people aren't like, man, I missed out on there. You know, I can't do it. And of course, depending on the number of guns you have, that's going to be dependent on the number of people you can have. Now, like I said, if you started with like a, a team deathmatch type of scenario where you have two people on one side, two people on the other side, you only need four guns, you know, so you can kind of play with your, uh, different games that you play at that event to kind of dictate how many guns you actually need. Um, Just get, again, get creative with that. Nerf Nerf events are are fun. We even do Nerf birthday parties, and we'll talk about birthday parties in a little bit, but uh, we do Nerf birthday parties, Nerf events. Nerf, it's great, great.
1: People, kids go crazy over Nerf. There's no exaggeration. You post it up, and it's sold out two days, not even. That's why we have multiple weeks for that and multiple uh, chances for people to come and do those things. And it's funny to talk about Nerf events because there's almost no martial arts that happens during those events. So, but I you know, that's another chance for you to bring students in or non-students in and have a community building event and have some fun together and just kind of strengthen those bonds together. And
0: another fun thing to do with the Nerf event is to have a parents versus kids night. Again, we'll sell out almost immediately because uh if you have kids, you can understand how fun it would be to shoot them with Nerf guns and how fun the kids would have or how much fun rather the kids would have trying to shoot you with Nerf guns. Um, huge, like we didn't offer that for a while. And, and the parents, and it wasn't even the kids, the parents would ask, Hey, are you guys going to have a, a parents first kid's night? Are you guys going to have a parents? So we, we had a parents first kid's night and again, sold out most immediately. Now at that event, you might want to run that as a little bit shorter event. Um, Because as you can imagine, the parents um, are not wanting to be necessarily as active as the kids are. And you'll do a couple rounds and the dads, essentially the dads are like, okay all right yeah you guys just shoot each other i'm just gonna I'll, I'll load the guns or i'll watch you guys do this for a little bit i need a breather um you know so have you know plan accordingly for that but again that will be one that'll sell out like crazy fast and maybe you have a couple of these as paid events and you do the you know the parents versus kids and you make that a free one um you know again pick and choose once you once the, once you have the guns and maybe you do a couple of the events just to pay off the guns and the darts And then once that's done, then you can, you know, you can choose to run free events or paid events and it's not, you know, you're, you're paying the staff to be there, but the benefit that you're gaining from that is, is, is substantial. So maybe you just leave it as a free event after the guns are paid off. Of course, um, kind of a, a secondary to nerf wars is zombie nerf wars. As you can imagine, we do zombie nerf wars in October and just like nerf wars, zombie nerf wars is a, is a massive hit. Um At this, you know, you, you have half the people as humans and the other half as zombies. So well, how do you tell them apart? Well, what we do is we have everybody bring a baseball cap, you know, one with a bill on the front. And if they're a human, it's on the front side. you know the, the bill's in front. If they're a zombie, they turn their hat backwards. Super easy. Everybody can bring, excuse me, it's super easy. Everybody can bring a hat. It, it's very clear, okay, you're a human, you're a zombie, done. And zombies don't have nerf guns. Humans do have Nerf guns. And so there's another thing where you can maybe have 50 people at this event and you have 25 guns, but you don't need all 25 guns all at the same time. And along with that, you know, you probably wouldn't have 25 zombies, you know, active, quote unquote, and 25 humans active all at the same time because that's just too many. They would get overrun. Um, So you kind of play with, okay, maybe you let three humans go or five humans go and, and a zombie, four zombies go. Okay. And then each time a, a human gets turned into a zombie, a new human goes out that takes their place and that person is a zombie. So they just stay. Okay. Then they just, then you just keep going. And eventually you'll have more zombies than humans because the humans are going to run out and, and the zombies are, are not going to run out because the zombies are just humans that, that they get turned. With this event, you have a couple different scenarios. Um, what we do is We have a scenario where a zombie plague has been spreading through the world. A scientist has been working on a cure from his laboratory, but it was overtaken by his test subjects. And now the team has turned into zombies. The military has been called in to help with the situation. A general is on site to command the locals. The rest of the military is deployed elsewhere to take care of the zombies. So it's all hands on deck. Set the human headquarters in one area of your school and have the scientist lab in another. The human headquarter is where, the, uh, is where all the, the ammunition is located. The lab is where the cure for the zombie plague is. And the zombies have hidden the plague. The human's mission is to infiltrate the lab, extract the cure, if they can bring it back to the human headquarters the general can get it to the satellite which would disperse the cure everywhere and cure the zombie plague for good again that's that's a scenario that we run with we you know we set up a different area okay once you get the cure the cure is we generally just use the 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 nerf ammo can ammo box they bring it back to the human headquarters. They put it in, in, the, in the general's hand, which is the, you know, the, the staff member that's there. They just put it up on the shelf. Boom, okay, right. It's, now it's on. We got it to the satellite. Now it's, you know, it's dispersed and all the zombies are cured. You won. Good job, humans. Woo! Um, if the humans get the cure, cure then, uh, then it's finished. It's, it's done. That, that, that round is over. Their next mission if they can't get the cure, like if, if you know, if they, if they can't get it, they can't infiltrate the lab or, or they can't, they, you know, they get turned in the zombies before they make it back to the to the satellite. Their next mission is to blow up the lab that has the hugest or the largest zombie hive. In the scenario the humans need to plant a bomb aka again, just a nerfed ammo can at the entrance of the lab they'll need to hold that position for three minutes again you can pick and choose however long but they need to hold that position for a time once that has been done they can set the charge and then the zombies are blown up and then the zombies are, are at least the, the biggest uh, hive of zombies is, is dealt with taken care of um, in the next scenario the human's goal is to take out as many zombies as possible they're just on a on a, on a take them all out you know one by one type of thing and in the last game you set the stage by letting them know that the long that, that this war against the zombies has been fought for a long long time the war against the zombies has been raging for years now many battles have been fought one on each side humans know there's no cure if the human is infected they have no choice but to shoot them before this game you select a human to be infected. They know that they're infected, but they can't tell anybody else because if they tell somebody, then their friends, the other humans, have to shoot them. And so they keep it to themselves. They get an opportunity. They get enough humans around Then they start infecting the other humans. They turn into zombies. You can see how that would go. Um, again, you, I'm sure maybe you can come up with some different creative, different ways to, to, to do that. That's what we do. We run four, you know, three or four different... Um, Scenarios for it. It's a, it's a, about a two hour event or so. Again, that sells out sells out like crazy. It's 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 Nerf Wars, and on top of that, Zombie Nerf Wars. We do it during uh, the month of October. It's a great event. Great event. Super fun. Um, people talk about it almost the entire year, waiting for the next one to happen. And they know October's here. Okay, great. Let's do let's do Zombie Nerf. When when Zombies Nerf Wars? Where, you know how can I sign up? Where's where it at? You know what's going on for it. That, that just that's one of those events that again um almost will set set the mark for the other events that you have in your school and you want to live up to that because zombie nerf wars is so memorable so much fun
1: yeah I remember the first time we did it we actually decorated the entire studio kind of uh i would say dystopian yeah all kind of creepy and run down and really set the mood for the night you know and and we do s- still set th- some things up now, but it wasn't quite as, as intense as it was the first time. But that first time, it was, it was, it re- you know, the whole setting of the studio was spooky and scary, and really felt like you could feel the terror of the zombies in there with you, you, you know, in the room with you. But regardless of what it looks like, people still pay for it and show up and talk about it for months and invite their friends and constantly ask us when zombie nerve force, when zombie nerve force. So you know, very popular event again. You're combining the nerf which is already popular with zombies which everyone for whatever reason better or worse like zombies um so very
0: popular event yes and this would be another one that you would you that you very well could do from for multiple weeks of course you want to try to schedule it so you don't go past Halloween because after Halloween zombies are pretty well, I mean, they're, they're, they're done. They're, they've been cured. There's no more zombies. Um, so you want to try to schedule it maybe midway through or towards the beginning of October so they can kind of build up the hype for that. And don't be surprised if you have, you know, students that come to the first one and they sign up for the second one and the third one or however many you have them, they might come to all of them because they like it so much, even though you, the, it's the same thing. You're going to do it again. That's okay. I want to do it. It's fun. I, 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 it, I want to do it. So just understand that, you know, there's kind of a, a, a timeline to that one at the month of October. And if you go into November, nah, it's not quite the same. It's not, there's not zombies really in November anymore. So just keep that in mind. Um, next one's birthday parties. Birthday parties, we have um, a couple different options for those. We do a Nerf War birthday party, we do a karate birthday party. Um, and so we send out that information to our students. They get an opportunity to say, "Yeah, hey, I want to do the birthday party here." Parents like it because they come here. They don't have to really set anything up. We take care of the the entertainment. We play different games, different different scenarios based on whatever the the theme of the party is. You might, of course, come up with some other better themes or some different themes for you and your school. Okay, great. But we play games that kind of are in the world or in the realm of whatever the theme is. And then they go and do their their cake and their their ice cream and their their gifts and stuff like that. And we do an, an hour party, an hour and a half party and a two hour party and two hour party by far is the most used part of that. And, and at that two hour par- party, we use maybe an hour and a half or, or an hour, 15 minutes or so of activity time where they're playing the games, the different scenarios Then they do half an hour or so of the party type stuff where they're, they're doing the cake and the ice cream and the, and the presents and stuff like that. Um, these would be a paid event, uh, you know, depending on how you want to manage that. It's a really one person, one team member can be there to, to run it. They do hour and a half worth of stuff for the longest time, you know, the, the two hour time spot they go and, and you know, maybe they clean up during the time that they're doing the party stuff, kind of leave the, leave the clients alone for that. Okay, see you later. We get to clean up their, you know, their mess or whatever. The parents don't have to deal with it. It's, it's a headache-free, fun um, fun event. And, and, and again, we have, we have multiple times where people were, will come here that don't even go to our school. I heard about it. They were here for their friend's party, um, and, and, and then they do their party here, or they come back each year to do their party here. And again, because they're coming to your school, they're going to have to have some sort of a waiver. Those are more leads that you get. Because of the birthday party, so that's another lead generator. On top of it being a paid event that pays for that staff member to be here, the time associated with that, it's it's all taken care of. So that's a another huge one, and and not to mention, it's a birthday party, right? Everybody has birthday parties. Your clients will like to have an opportunity to spend time again at your school to interact and do things with your atmosphere inside your atmosphere. Because they appreciate the the time the energy the the level of quality that you bring to your school and your events,
1: I remember working birthday parties for a long time. Um, everyone always has a good time. It's a great lead generator. you know it's simple for parents to say, "Okay, I'll have to bring his cake and maybe some decorations." All right, cool. I get to sit for an hour and a half and talk with my kids' friends or my friends who brought their kids and you know, it gives them a chance to be a little more hands-off while you're running the events and everyone's having a good time and having fun. And, you know, depending on how you run it and how many people you have running it and how often you run it, of course, make sure you have the right, enough time for it. Make sure you allow time, if you do more than one party in a day, allow time in between the parties for cleanup to happen that needs to be necessary for it to be set up for the next group. You don't want to have one, one party come in and destroy the studio and then that other party come in right after that and come into a destroyed studio so leave some time for a little bit of cleanup and you know we for the longest time we did parties one person would run the parties on the weekend it'd be a saturday or whatever you know and we do four parties or something well that's exhausting that'll burn you out really quick so my advice is to you know stick to either two or at tops three of course it depends on the person that's doing them if they want to do more than that they can do that if you have the demand for it and you have the time for it but I just you know again be careful you don't want to overdo it don't do too many of them now if you have six parties in a day and you can fit that time schedule in, maybe have one person do three another person do another three again just don't don't overwork yourself or your staff trying to do these birthday parties you do generate a lot of leads and it has some money coming in the door um, and you know people coming through the door too but it's not worth your energy if you can't get up the following week and teach or have the desire to teach because you were here all day on Saturday or Sunday or whenever it is doing these birthday parties. So they are a very good event to have not only for the students and for the staff and for the the health of your studio, but at the same time, you know, just don't overdo it. As with anything, just be careful and, and place some boundaries, you know. You have three parties already, then maybe see if that fourth person can do a different day or just tell them, hey, I'm sorry, I'm already booked for this day. You know, you might have to bite that one party In order to have the other three, but also, you know, maintain a healthy balance between that work and rest for your staff.
0: And, you know, with the birthday parties like that, um, now having kids, having my kids go to birthday parties from other people often is, is a... (laughs) <laughs> almost a hit or miss where okay we're gonna do this for this time and they're gonna do this and and uh, you know there's no it's kind of almost I would use the word chaotic it doesn't maybe feel chaotic sometimes but it's a little chaotic because there's n- there's no rhyme or reason they're just you know maybe they do it at this place and and okay we're gonna do this and you they're just running around doing stuff and there's not really a, a structure or a, a game plan per se but with this, you would have a game plan. Okay, you do this for 10 minutes, you do this for 15 minutes, you do this for half an hour, whatever however you want to schedule it out. But to have some sort of, of thing that all of the kids, all of the birthday party kids are doing this for this long. Okay, great. Now we're doing this for this long is, is in in my eyes, as, as a as person who's been on both sides of it. Hugely beneficial for somebody who's been on both sides of it to know, okay, we're going to do this for this long, we do this for this long, as opposed to, okay, go run around and have fun. Okay, they run around and have fun for a like half an hour. Okay, all right, I'm done. I'm ready to go home. Okay, well, I, we, we got more stuff to do. I mean, we've only just got here. It's not long enough yet. So have some sort of structure to it, I think is, is uh, definitely beneficial. So next one, huge, huge one. If you don't do this one, you're missing out. Okay, you're missing out, so listen to this one. Ready? Field trips. That's right. You get in contact with the, with, the, with the teachers at local schools and have them bring their classes to you to do a field trip. At that field trip, you give them lots of the, um, the mental benefits, your, your mat chats, the things you, you talk about in your class, you give to those guys. You do some karate a little bit, but a lot of it is the mental aspect to that. They're active, they're moving around, okay, sit down, right? So you do maybe uh, a three-hour field trip. In a three-hour field trip, you do, uh, you know, maybe in total an hour and a half worth of, of of up and moving around kind of structured time. Then you do a little bit of maybe of a game right before you go, but a big part of it is, okay, we're going to talk about, you, you know, your mental focus okay all right we're going to talk about control we're going to talk about discipline those type of things you talk about yes sir and no no sir and yes ma'am and no ma'am get the students to play along and do those things and they go back to school they're focused they're controlled they're disciplined the, the 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 teachers are hugely gracious for this and we have had Teachers come to us over and over and over again each year, and they like to do it in the beginning of the year because they believe, and they've told us multiple times, multiple different teachers, that that helps set the tone for the students for the rest of the year because then they can use some of the tactics and tools that you do in your classes that you're giving to the, to, the, to the teachers and you're talking about with the students, they get to use that for the rest of their school year. So that helps to set the bar and helps to guide those students into the, into the mindset of where your students are. And you can imagine as a school teacher, you know, they're rambunctious, they're wild, and then you get some sort of discipline and structure under them, and then you just kind of keep that for the rest of the year. Hugely beneficial, not to mention you do a field trip, and that's two hours of your time, three hours, whatever, 50 people. Boom. 50 leads, 50 people that you didn't know beforehand, that now you, you you have their leads. And it's a free event. Free. And what we've done is we've gotten some sponsors from our community that actually pay for the busing for this. And so it's a completely free event for the school. It's a free event for us. It doesn't cost us. I mean, okay, it costs us time. We have to be here. But... Um, We don't have to pay for the buses we got sponsored for that they get free transportation here they're not charged to you know to come here their payment essentially is that is is the waiver that they sign or fill out so that we get their um, their information then that's a new lead right again all around beneficial the the, again the, the teachers really, really enjoy and and I think see benefit from it because they come back year after year after year, new students each time, of course, and it helps to set the tone for the rest of their year. And so one way to start that, you can give your students a flyer, say, hey, listen, Uh, give this to your school teacher, and has the information about how they can go about registering and the different type of things that you might do. And you have to realize that the teachers are going to think, okay, they're going to come here and do kicks and punches, and they're going to be more rowdy on the other end of it. You have to assure them and show them and and prove to them that that's not how that works. And, of course, when the students are here, you have to let them know, listen, hey, this is not for you to go back and and use in the hallway or to mess with your brother or sister because you're going to get in trouble for that. But I'm also going to get in trouble with that because I taught you those things. So all around, you set the stage and make sure that they know that that's not acceptable. And for their time with you, you let them know about the different, again, the, the focus, the, the teamwork, the discipline, whatever your mat chats are. Share that with them. Use that as an opportunity for them to grow and, and, and be better for that entire year for that teacher. And then they just the teacher gets to come in and just kind of shape and mold, tweak some different things to make it fit for them. And then they get a a much easier year than otherwise because of the things that you set up for those students. All right. So last one, martial arts extravaganza. Martial arts extravaganza is a free event. We do it on a Friday night for this event. The students get to come in, and we do this generally for just the upper students. And so we have a a program where it's a leadership program after they've been in in you know a part of our school for about a year. They get the opportunity to enroll into the leadership program, then once they're in that program, just those people, just those individuals get access or, or the opportunity to do, to do this martial arts extravaganza. At this event, the students come in, they get to sign up. Again, it's free, it doesn't cost anything. The students get to come in and spend a little bit of time with each of the instructors, and the instructors get to teach their favorite move. And of course, there's some back end setup for this. Okay, you got to get all your instructors together. Okay, listen, figure out the move that you're going to teach. Let's not have any overlap because I don't, I don't, I can't have you guys teaching the same thing because that's not beneficial. So they get with each other, they talk about what they're going to do. Most of the time, Well, in fact, mo- mo- almost every time, it's not a like a oh man, I wanted to teach that same move too. Everybody has, everybody's different. Everybody's going to have their own unique thing that they like, and they're gonna they get to share that. They get to teach that. So the students get to do a cycle you know, everybody starts with, you know, five or so people. Then after 15, 20 minutes, okay, shift. All right. Okay, shift. And so through the whole night, each of the students get to spend 15, 20 minutes with each of the instructors learning and and working with that instructor on their favorite move. This is fun. It's a fun event because they get to do, the instructors get to teach their favorite move, their favorite aspect of doing the martial arts. On top of this, uh, this is a great time as, as the owner, as, as, the, as the head instructor. Um, if you don't have a group to go around and take, the, take pictures, take pictures of, of the different uh, teachers teaching their favorite moves as the students practice those favorite moves. Um, is a great time to, to, to have that. And then of course, you can post those on, on socials. You can give those to the, to the students. they get access to them. they can do whatever they want with them. but it's a fun it's a fun event, it's free. You know, depending on, on how much time you wanted to give each instructor and how many instructors you have, you can kind of, you know, that will kind of set the stage for how long you do it. Um, it's fun. It's a fun event.
1: I, I actually didn't take part in the, the, this event last time we did it. And, you know, I wish I would, would have been able to be there and experience that. And just hearing about it and, and knowing what happened and I can just imagine the excitement that is transferred from the instructors to the students as they're teaching their, their favorite move, you know, seeing their face light up and really getting passionate about what they're doing. Again, I, 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 mentioned it earlier, but let that kind of reignite passion in your staff and your students and also motivate them to feel that and experience the martial arts to the fullest because, you know, everyone's fired up and ready to do those moves. So, you know, again, I wasn't there the last one, but I'm looking forward to the next one to being able to be a part of that, I could just imagine, you know, like a supercharged or a really energetic type event there.
0: Now, with any of your events, and again, I'm sure you have some more uh, that you might do or choose to do. Okay, great. Um, And, you know, we didn't even talk about summer camps. Maybe we'll do a whole other, we'll leave that into like the the next episode where we're talking about the games because really that's kind of game-based. But summer camps and and different day camps that we do, we'll talk about next week. Uh, But on any of those, to have a plan. Have, have a guideline, have, have some some sort of heading that you're going to do for your events. Um, block out time for each of the different activities that you want to do for these events. The reason this is important is for you to have a plan for all of your, your your staff to be on the same page and you don't have to think, okay, man, what are we going to do now? And everybody's just standing around looking at you waiting for to, to do the next thing because you don't know what it is. Set that out ahead of time. Have a plan of, of what you're going to do. Make sure everybody's on the same page. Know what's going to happen next. You don't want to be thinking up things on the fly, right? That That's going to lead to doing something that's way off base or doesn't work or, or is a time waste. And some for a lot of these events, your your clients are paying to be there. So have it set up ahead of time. Now, when you have a plan... Make changes to that plan, just like your lesson plan. If you teach the event, okay, man, we, we, this didn't work so good. Okay, we need we go back to the drawing board for that. Or, you know, this one we, we, we didn't spend enough time on, or this one was was too long, or something like that. You know, whatever it is, make the tweaks, make the changes, then the next time you go to that event, those changes are in there. Okay, you've done it. Great, good. All right, now let's do the new and improved version 2 or version 10 or, you know, 50, whatever whatever version of, the, of that event that you're on, fine, great, do that one. It's always better. It's always going to be different. And, of course, the 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 students, the, the clients that come through and do those events are going to be different. It's not always going to be the exact same people there for doing the exact same thing. A lot of it is, is dependent on where they are in your program. So with that, you're going to have a different Kind of snapshot of what happens during that event. Use that to help to critique and improve that event plan for next time. But mark those changes and downs. And maybe, maybe after the event, you sit down with your team and say, "Okay, listen. How did you think that went? You know, are there any things we can do to to improve that or change it or tweak it to make it better for next time? Listen. Write those things down." you know have that information intake to to experience and 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 hopefully to make that better for anybody who does that event in the future the next year the next time around and i think really that's the key is having having these events having a game plan for these events but then have that time to talk with your team members that were there that experienced it hey listen what do you think what what can we do to fix this you know to make it better maybe fix is the wrong word what can we do to improve this Next time, make those changes. Listen, let them have those outside-the-box thinkings that, that that you didn't have because it's not you, it's them that's thinking about it. And then try it next time. Okay, yep, that worked. Okay, no, that didn't work. Okay, great, fine. Change it move forward. Always advancing improving, and improving and, and being better. And out of all these events, again, we had some paid events, had some free events. You can, you can choose. You can make them all paid. You can make them all free. It's totally up to you, totally up to you and your school. But use this as an opportunity to grow your community as a school, use this as an opportunity for your for your students to realize that it's not just those 20 people they see in their class that come to you. There's 20 people that come on, you know, all these other classes, all the other days that they're a part of something bigger and that environment, that atmosphere, that that community building, um, I think really is, is super beneficial and, and helpful to grow your students.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, that's definitely a way to uh, help move your studio just from a place that someone shows up twice a week to, you know, a real community and a place that they can really experience a deep level of fun and friendship and um, growth. And, you know, it's not just a, a sport, like I said, it helps to, I think, transition martial arts from that activity into a lifestyle and then, you know. Hopefully, if you're listening to this and you're in the same position we are, you know that, you know, martial arts can give you more than just the physical skills, but, you know, can give you friends and can give you family and can give you, you know, make you a whole different person. So we want to provide more ways for the martial arts to touch our students and to touch us. And this is a great way to, you know, all these events are great ways to help offer that and, uh, you know, really move martial arts into that lifestyle and offer more things to our students.
0: And so again, if you if we, if we you think we missed an event, if there's a foundational event that you do and you're like, oh man, you guys didn't talk about it, you don't know about it, let us know. Let us know. Send us a message. You can do that on any of the socials, uh, on Facebook and, and Reddit and, and Instagram and Twitter, all those things. You can find us at M.A. Teaching Tactics. M.A., of course, for martial arts. And we're on YouTube as well. You can leave us a comment or a like or subscribe on there. And you can find us where anywhere anywhere podcasts are produced or made or listened to um until next time i'm chris bean
1: and i'm chris kent